Welcome to the Mental Health and You podcast. This podcast brings you information and advice from across the Norfolk and Suffolk NHS Foundation Trust, with a range of teams, services and those who use them, sharing their experiences and wisdom with us every fortnight. Hello and welcome to the Psychology in Schools podcast, which this month is thinking about building resilience and making the most of the summer holidays. I'm Linda Brindle, a senior psychotherapist. And hi there, I'm Kelsey Hodges, a clinical psychologist. So we are really keen to have a think with, uh, today around school holidays um, and wondering about ways in which you as parents and carers can make the most of the summer holiday period when you've perhaps got your children around more and certainly they haven't got the same rigid activities and routine that happens within a normal school um, time of year. And so I guess we're really aware that for some people school holidays holidays can feel uh, great as a family for others it can feel a real challenge and I guess probably for, the, for, for many it will be a mixture of all of those different feelings. We're also aware that for some families they can be filled with dread at the thought of the end of the holidays. Uh, they might be ready for their children to get back to school perhaps themselves but they may not feel that their children are actually going to be very ready to return back to that much more routinized environment for many young people than they would have experienced over the holiday period. So we're doing this podcast to, to really have a chance just to think together as, as two um, clinicians who work with children, young people and families around what we know can be helpful to support our children to um, build the skills um, to be able to manage um, uncertainty, um, to be able to be more flexible young people who can tolerate change more easily uh, and thus that's really the focus today of thinking about building confidence and building resiliency in our young people. So I wonder if I can just ask Kelsey uh, a little about a little bit about what the word resilience really means. Thanks Linda yeah and I think resilience is often a word that we talk a lot about isn't it or we hear quite a bit but maybe um, we don't always have a good definition of, of what that actually means. Um, and I think it can mean several things. So it can it can kind of mean that ability to kind of bounce back and really continue to kind of move forward in the face of challenging situations, kind of remaining upright. But I, I think it's much more than that. And it's it's not about the kind of absence of emotions, um, because we know that emotions that we feel those difficult and more positive emotions are absolutely part of being human and resilience is about if we have resilience it's about still feeling those emotions but actually sort of still being able to cope with challenges or difficult things in life or transitions in life that we know can sometimes feel quite difficult so we know that kind of being able to kind of build resilience can really buffer some of those challenges that we come up against um, which we know is particularly important in the current climate when we're all facing perhaps more challenges or, or difficult things that are coming up for us. Yeah. And I suppose when we think about resilience, it's important to really mention temperament here um, and kind mm -hmm. of individual differences between all of us and particularly our young people, because I guess the key, the first key message that we always like to give 
it's absolutely resilience is something that can be nurtured, that can be grown in all of us. And obviously we're going to come to um, for the rest of the podcast, think about what parents and carers can do to support their young people. Um, but it's important to kind of mention that, of course, all of our children are born with different temperaments and are starting from a different place when it comes to resilience. So we know that some children can experience quite a moderate challenge and can get back to their baseline, can kind of bounce back quite easily from that. Whereas we know that for other children, um, for different reasons, can only tolerate kind of more of those smaller doses of challenge and need longer to get back from to baseline. So it's just really important that when we think about how can we support this resilience building in our young people, that we take much of a lead as possible from them. Um, because, you know, our young people will show us what's too much for them. Um, and, and we, of course, as parents and carers, know our young people best. So we know how much we can challenge them and how much support that they might need to do new things um, and to support new learning. And I was just thinking there, as you're saying that, Kelsey, about the sort of role of parents in providing that sort of support and secure base for our young people when they are try trying out managing things, some of which will feel hard. And I guess um, for parents and carers just listening to this, um, it can be really tricky to get that balance right. I, I imagine we might be speaking about this a bit more um, during our conversation today but around being able to provide that sort of safe place for our young people mm. to come back to, that they know that we're consistent, we're there for them, we're, we're ready to support them to manage whatever's going on for them at that time, but also work out how do we support them to um, go and try and do new things, which we know is also really an important part of development. And we want to see all our young people have an opportunity to thrive. Um, mm. So I guess I'm mentioning that because I'm thinking this is going to be really relevant with perhaps some of the things that we're going to be going on to think about just now, that sort of that safety and security, but therefore to be able to go on and, mm -hmm. and feel confident to, mm -hmm. to experience new opportunities. Absolutely. And I think you're right. It's about it's really difficult, isn't it, to find that balance. Um, and I think, you know, it's absolutely a learning journey for anyone who's doing that to support a child. And and it is about kind of learning and, and kind of taking the lead as much as possible from our young people, because, as we said, they will kind of show us what might feel too much and when they might need a bit more support, too. So really kind of thinking about that, Linda, what what do we think are some of the really key messages that we want to sort of get across to parents listening in about what they can think about when supporting their young person to build resilience during the summer holidays? Well, I guess it's probably, you know, people are listening to it will be halfway through the holidays by now. And um, yes. uh, some people might have a mind already on September and going back to school. Uh, <laughs> other people might be just settled into a very different routine. But I guess what we've touched on there is that the value of our young people having opportunities to try new things and have new experiences to help them to be able to cope with change and difference. And we know that 
that that learning to be able to be more flexible helps us to manage in a changing world and we know that our children will all have had to cope with a lot of change during the last few years with with all the um, big sort of global changes that that we've gone through together but actually supporting our children in a safe secure environment to also manage small elements of change ones which are in their control rather than these global ones that may feel quite out of their control can really be helpful so um it might be that this this holiday you might find that your young person has wanted to try something new has wanted to go to a holiday club or go somewhere new that they haven't been before or it might be that you found that your young person just wants to do their normal things in their normal space and I guess as parents it's really hard because we need to be respectful for what our child needs and especially at times when school time is so managed that it's really nice for young people to have more for choice and flexibility where it's possible within the holidays but I guess what we know can really help is is um, encouragement from parents around whatever your child is wanting to do just uh, that little bit of push maybe slightly outside of their comfort zone that that um, just enough that, that it does feel a little bit uncomfortable but trying to get your child to do something if it's going to a new place because they're not so confident around new places or maybe that push towards that sort of uh, next step of developmental independence going in and paying for a shop obviously we're going to have parents with a whole age range of children on the on the call and we need to be thinking about what's that next little step forward that your young person can try whether it's something very practical as I said like walking down to the post box just down the road or whether it's doing some other activity that that your young person perhaps hasn't done before and trying to support them in a in a very gradual way to build confidence to do new tasks or try new things within this period what we know this really makes a difference for is that if we can support our young people to do that in a very managed way we know that that can help build confidence build self-esteem build a sense of achievement and those are really powerful things that um, can be really helpful for our young person so it could be doing jobs around the around the house that mm -hmm. maybe they're earning a bit of pocket money for it could be doing and joining new activities with with friends or it could be doing things with family or or the childcare um, providers but seeing if there's opportunities to try new things can help help our young people to learn that they can manage new things mm. and, and that could, that's important in the here and now but also a really great skill for them in the future. Mm. And it reminds me Linda of the recent workshop we did around this around this area where we had parents joining us um, thinking about yeah how they can support their young person to do some of this in the summer holidays and I think linking to what you've said there were some lovely ideas about young people learning to ride a bike for the first time you know supporting with different housework tasks around the house um, that were new things that that young person hadn't done before giving them a bit more responsibility and like you say it's about where your young person's at in terms of their age and, and stage but that kind of idea that kind of learning and achievement and success is really fundamental for our children, you know, so they can learn what they're capable of um, and they can kind of um, experience those things. 
but also kind of the importance too, or how sometimes failure can be a real kind of key thing as well. Um, because we can learn a lot from when things go wrong. We, we know that repeated failure isn't so helpful, but having some opportunities to experience when things don't always go to plan or when things don't always go so well and, and being there for our children when that happens so they can be supported through that means that, you know, they're kind of developing those skills for life. So if they hit a hurdle in other aspects of their life in the future, they won't feel all is completely lost and they can kind of recognise with, with our support that actually we can learn a lot from when things don't go so well so we can continue to build and learn. Thanks Kelsey I think that's so interesting to think about that value of actually learning when things don't go right mm -hmm. and it can be really easy for us just to sort of push those things down and forget about those bits quickly and move on but if we have an opportunity to almost notice and understand and learn from that experience then that gives a chance to do something different in the future and make mm -hmm. progress um, and I guess just thinking about this whole area of encouraging our young people to try new things and have new experiences. Um, I was just thinking about what parents can specifically do beyond just that encouragement to help. Mm. What sort of words, words will be supportive of, of that learning, knowing that things might not always go to plan? Um, yes. I, do you have any particular thoughts in mind, Kelsey, in that regard? In terms of kind of how parents can support when things don't go so well or yes. how, how they can think about language. Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's something about kind of the power of yet, which is something we talk about quite a lot um, with, with our parents and our young people. And this idea, it's kind of reminding young people, you know, if they're saying something, you know, well, I can't do that. I can't go to that um, that 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 new sports club because that feels too much for me or I can't yet do this specific skill or this specific activity it's kind of just adding that word yet at the end of those sentences you know I can't do those things yet really kind of shows that there's a process to it it highlights the potential to our children and if we think about that in terms of a marathon you know I can't run a marathon versus I can't run a marathon yet and that power uh -huh. of that word shows us actually you know we can actually do things to get us to that place and that opens a conversation up with our young people about what can we do to support you to get to what you'd like to be able to do and where can we start with those small steps to help you to achieve that and I think likewise you know if there has been something that your young person's tried and it hasn't gone so well we can then take that as an opportunity for learning with them you know what was it that was difficult about that and where might we need to go next what can we do to support you and really just kind of normalizing that we all have things in life that don't go well and that's just a normal part of of being human and that's really okay I think are really important things to for us all to hold on to and for our young people to learn and develop. Thanks, Kelsey. That's really helpful to think about. Another area that I think is is really useful for for parents and carers to think about is is the value of connection opportunities. Mm -hmm. Now we know that young people will be connecting with others in school. Some may be having a lot of connections, some maybe not at all. And but obviously holidays is different. And we know that again for some young people they won't really necessarily want to link in or feel that there's the opportunity perhaps because of where they live uh, of linking in too much with their peers. Um, and, and 
I guess what we know is that um, connection is really important for us as humans. It's it's a very powerful experience when you feel connected to others. It brings all those positive sort of neurochemicals surging around our body when we have positive emotions around relationships that we have with others. Mm-hmm. And, and we do know that... Um, when a young person has at least one consistent supportive relationship, they're so much more able to manage life's ups and downs. But we also know that when young people are moving towards adolescence, the importance of their peers becomes more prominent um, and they start to often value their peers sort of uh, support um, more than their family. And I guess thinking of connection and thinking of support, um, we know that important other adults who are trusted can be really significant to have so for your young person especially if they're hitting adolescence and they're not so interested <laughs> in what you've got to say have a think if there's some other relationships with trusted adults that you could encourage um, to be fostered so that your child is not just having to negotiate adolescence um, by themselves or just with the support of their peers but also with others that are perhaps a more experience and have a broader perspective of life on adults that can be a really helpful way to support your young person to get the support they need at that stage i'm wondering what other things are helpful kelsey in turn when we think about connection i think i think you really kind of hit the nail on the head there linda when you talked about the importance of relationships in helping us manage life's up and downs and i think when we think about that previous point we talked about about trying new things and and learning from when things go wrong again that goes back to those core relationships doesn't it having that person there who we have that connection with who we have that trust with um uh, you know is it, so important that's kind of the key bit there too and I, and I think the other bit to say, kind of thinking about the summer holidays, and you kind of highlighted this at the start, and we know from many parents that, that we speak to and carers, that often there is that kind of anxiety about going back to school when there's been such a long break during the summer. And we know that, you know, as we said, peers are so important, particularly those for those older children. Um, but we know even for those younger ones as well, those peer relationships can be really useful. And I suppose, you know, what I kind of think about with parents and carers is kind of the importance of trying to still support your young person again you might have a lot of involvement in that if you've got a younger child or or less so if you've got an older one but how can you support your child or think with them about how they can still have that contact with their peer group while during the summer holidays because that can help that transition back in September feel less of kind of a huge one I suppose if they've still been having those those connections and those familiar faces um, you know, so it might be for those younger ones thinking about play dates with people in the, with young people in their class, um, supporting them with maybe out of school or, um, you know, clubs and things like that. If, you know, peers from their school are going there. Um, but also, you know, thinking with your adolescent about who are those those key friendships that they have and is there any way that you can support them to, to still have that contact with their friends? And that might look, of course, different depending on your young person. Yeah, so it sounds like um, for 
where where some of you may value family time very strongly um i guess the message is not to um, neglect those uh, mm -hmm. supporting those peer relationship opportunities and recognizing that that can happen both sort of through the social media platform as well as through face to face and maybe a balance of the two may be mm -hmm. really beneficial um, and 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 especially if you've got a young person that you know struggles with going back to school after the holidays, having opportunities to connect with some of those young people who are also going to be in that space will, may just ease ease things a little bit more. So as well as the, what we talked about to do with new experiences, building confidence can help get back into school, actually reconnecting with people. So it doesn't feel like it's such a long time since you've seen people that mm -hmm. you don't feel connected and that isn't that extra pull to have a chance to see them can be really helpful and perhaps for some other people it will be just actually being in the proximity of the building and doing a little bit of work around that prior to school starting will just help settle those sort of nerves a little bit more and, and I guess generally having conversations about what the worries might be and seeing if sometimes giving more information or more information can be found out about maybe the new school or the new school year or the new expectations in their year if if not enough of that happened within any transition that that had been planned before the end of this summer term um, those might be other ways in which to support your young person being prepared for going back to school mm -hmm. absolutely and i know we wanted to think a little bit about um sort of uncertainty as well linda didn't we so i don't know yeah what are your thoughts about how kind of tolerating uncertainty links to resilience and the summer holiday period for our young people now, uncertainty is a big one, isn't it? And again, going back to what I said just at the beginning, we've we've all had to manage quite a lot of uncertainty. And I get it, guess it's getting that balance right, isn't it, between what things can we um, offer to our children, um, which provides some continuity, consistency, routine that we know can be really helpful for keeping a sense of safety and security and um, and sort of trust or familiarity. Those things we all want, actually, don't we? Um, very few people just want total uncertainty all the time. It's, it's not a natural state for us. And in fact, for our brains, our brains have to work incredibly hard when uh, when we're faced with new and uncertain things so really our brain can relax and it's less tiring for us if we have those sort of regular routines and things however what we know is as we talked earlier life is uncertain and there are changes and unpredictable things that happen and so um, whilst we know that we might feel safer and comfortable with certainty uh, we also know that in terms of building resiliency in our young people having opportunities to help our young people managed situations that don't feel clear and straightforward where they are unknown can really make quite a difference and I guess sometimes we think about the uncertainty in a bit of a different way mm -hmm. so we might not always talk about uncertainty as being difficult and hard but but I know when we've done sessions before with parents and young people we hear about the opportunities that uncertainty can bring that sort of excitement or surprise element that people can look forward to things not being boring and predictable but again there can be new opportunities uncertainty can also bring creativity so there can be many 
many new, th many good things about uncertainty. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if, well, just as you were talking about that, thinking about the language that parents use um, around around things to help the young people manage new things. Again, in the same way, the language that we use around tolerating uncertainty, which often might also connect to those new things, um, can really make a difference to how our children choose to perceive it. So again, if there's an expectation of opportunity, and posit a, a positive feel, um, you, our young people are more likely to take on that same sort of expectation and, and hope. And if, But if there's something that there's a lot of anxiety around it or that negativity um, from parents and carers or conversations in a broader group, then we also know our young people will pick up on that and that will influence their readiness mm -hmm. to try out new things. So we know that... Um, Uncertainty can be really hard, but we know that it can bring with it lots of opportunities. So I guess we'd encourage you just to sort of think about how can you support conversations when there is uncertainty to help support your children to um, to have a hopeful approach around how they can manage it. And maybe you would talk through the steps to support them in how they can manage different mm -hmm. uncertain mm -hmm. situations. And and you and I guess what we'd encourage is the older your child is moving into adolescence, the more you support them by asking them questions to try and help them to start to work out what they can do themselves. You're there as a support, but getting them to take a lead in thinking, uh, they'll be much more likely to do things that where they've had the ideas themselves. And what you're doing then as a parent and carer is actually training up your child to learn to think for themselves about how to cope in uncertain situations. Absolutely. And I think the other key bit to say there, Linda, is about the importance of modelling that as well. So we as parents and carers can find things, you know, and as adults, as all of us, as you say, can find uncertainty really difficult and intolerable at times. So it's about, you know, taking those opportunities um, when we feel a bit uncertain about things or we're not sure about trying them out and we can do that you know in front of our children we can verbalize you know feeling a bit nervous about this because it feels you know something new for me but I'm going to give it a go and, and see how it goes and, and I think those kinds of things as well as those key messages those key bits of encouragement we can do for our child actually modeling that ourselves and showing our children can feel really useful as well yeah and and remember you don't have to do all the modeling yourself so actually also make the most of thinking about family and friends who can also mm -hmm. model that and if you see someone that really doesn't and maybe it's granny at home you know actually see whether you can have opportunities to change how they manage uh, those situations so that your child is having an opportunity to see a range of people um cope with even in difficult situations because of course we all do have to push ourselves through I guess at this point I'd just like to sort of uh, talk about how well resourced we are ourselves to be able to do that mm -hmm. modeling mm -hmm. and and often uh, some of you might be really familiar with the analogy of of a bucket and um you know when we're feeling like we can manage really well and and we've our resources are, um are, are great uh, we we're, we're doing a good job we can cope with everything we might say our bucket is full and it's full of 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 good resources but then we can get quite depleted 
depleted at times and perhaps uh, maybe it's often like the end of term many many people feel like that I think the school teachers do at that point uh, feel depleted and feel like they haven't got much resource left much more to give and so there's something that we know of course that that can be a challenge to uh, put into practice but we know is so necessary for us to work out what do we need to do for ourselves so we can be in the best position to help support um, resilience in our children and uh, so just a little heads up reminder of think about the things that you also need for you and these yes. aren't need to I'm not talking about things that cost money but they are things that involve often you making a bit of time for yourself regularly so that you can do those things whether it's having space it's connection with a friend it's doing some regular exercise a whole range of different things that can just help you to have a bit of downtime and feel that your your bucket can get a bit fuller it's really important yeah absolutely and I think likewise when we talked about the importance of connection and relationships for our young people the same is absolutely true for all of us and mm -hmm. certainly for you guys as parents and carers you know yeah. it's it's so important isn't it that you know like you say we need to kind of fill up our own resource bucket it makes me think about that kind of um oxygen mask analogy Linda that we often talk about quite a lot with with our parents and families that idea that we can't put another another person's oxygen mask on unless we put our own on first and there's a really important you know it's really important that that's part of the aeroplane brief and I think the same is true when we think about this you know it's about supporting mm -hmm. ourselves first and and then using that kind of resource to then support our young people mm, yeah and just uh, just thinking about using the school holiday time well for mm -hmm. building resilience obviously all those ideas can happen throughout the year um but um but also really mindful of this time in the year of where some people will already be thinking about moving back to school and i'm just wondering about um any specific tips to help mm. parents feel that they can prepare their young people for that transition to make it as smooth as possible because I mean I remember myself when I, I was off for the school holidays going back to work afterwards felt felt hard for me mm. you know mm. so I absolutely mm. get it when we've had a long gap it mm. can be hard to go back to things and and for me it felt like actually once I'd got back it was okay and I got into it quite quickly but we know that different young people will have a very different experience around yes. school anyway and if school is hard then then after the holiday long breaks especially it's especially hard to return to mm. what top tips um, would it be helpful to mm. share yeah no and I think absolutely when we think about these top tips we think about you know how this may look different for different children depending on them you know their personalities their temperaments their ages and stages and also different transitions because we know that for some young people they might be going to a new class a new year which of course is you know can be tricky as you've said um, but also for others, they might be going up to high school or maybe changing schools after the summer. So also we know that the transition that young people are experiencing will look different. Um, and the same is true for us as parents within that. So I suppose kind of the, one of the first top tips we think about is the idea of preparation and how can we maybe prepare our ch our children for this upcoming change you know giving them that sense of the timeline and perhaps a warning about when change is going to happen 
and I suppose we know that young people, you know, some like to know, you know, quite ahead of, of when a change is going to happen and find that really useful. Whereas other parents, you know, listening in will think, well, my child absolutely wouldn't want to know months in advance or weeks in advance. So, again, it's just thinking about the timing of, of communicating that change with your young person based on, on, on what you know about them. Um, and really kind of giving them an opportunity to ask questions you know about that change addressing kind of their understanding addressing any misunderstandings that they might have um well, just I to kind of they might have worries as well mightn't they yes yeah, uh, they, yeah. Uh, that maybe they will struggle to express yes yes yeah so it's about kind of paying attention to our young people isn't it and knowing them and knowing you know they might absolutely like you say express some of those worries and we can have a chance to think about some of those things with them but likewise if we notice a change in behavior for a young person notice other ways that they might be communicating that worry or anxiety with us um, can be really useful in giving that space to to allow some of those feelings um, and allow some of that time to talk about that that transition um, and thinking with them about, you know, what do they need to help them prepare and what they can control within that. So they might not be able to control, for example, the class they're going up into or the high school, perhaps they're changing to. But are there any other things that they could control? You know, could they pick their new school shoes or think about what's going to be in their lunchbox or, you know, all of those things that we think, you know, young people can have a have a say in, can have some control over um, are also going to be really key here because we know that, you know, for some tolerating that uncertainty when lots of things feel quite new can feel quite difficult. So it's a bit about, you know, what is in their control, what is familiar to them um, and are there things we can think about in terms of our routine as we come towards the end of the summer holidays that can help, you know, help them kind of get back into that school routine grad more gradually and help bits of that school routine feel more familiar to them. Now, that sounds really helpful. And that was just making me think about actually those those last couple of days before school started. And those mm. that, and I was just thinking about those children that are really very anxious that we know that teachers go into school first and that, that children aren't invited into school on those days where the teachers are preparing for the new school year. But I think maybe it's just really important to note that if you think your child is just really going to struggle to even get near the school gate, then you could perhaps do a little bit of practice of, of going out and getting ready or having the bag packed ready so you're trying to do the preparation and reduce as much anxiety as you can in advance to make it easier for that day and for some of you you might think oh, it's great if they can also go with their friends or if a friend comes to call because that can again be that extra push that um, you're not just trying to leave them to go independently and they'll manage a bit better if they can walk with someone else and we know this is very different for everyone so it's hard to have specific specific top tips here but I guess those are just a few thoughts that um, that remember that if you've worked on these other areas over the summer holiday connection creating opportunities to try new things that will build up confidence uh, and those things will also help with that transition back to school absolutely and we also know of course you know this this is a, a fairly short podcast so we wanted to also mention some of those key workshops that our team do Linda um, that that speaks to some of this in more detail that might help with you know specific issues that we've that we've named and thought about um, so we have some specific workshops um, the first one that really links to this podcast is around building resilience um, and managing the next steps workshop.
Um, and um, that talks about some of the things we've we've talked about here around how we can build resilience, but also it talks about other things such as exercise and movement and sort of being in the present moment, um, other ways that we can support resilience building in our young people. We've also got another workshop around managing uncertainty again. And if our young people, you know, if you're finding your young person's finding that particularly difficult, there are some other ideas within that workshop um, which which might also be useful. Um, and I'm thinking within that workshop, Kelsey, just to interrupt that, uh, you know, that has some really nice practical ideas of things that young people can do to manage their emotions when the uncertainty is feeling really difficult for them to tolerate. So how can people um, access those workshops? Yes. So um, so we we do um, workshops live throughout the um, school term. Um, so we will be having some new ones in September. So for those ones, um, if you follow um, psychology and schools team on Eventbrite, you'll be notif notified of those upcoming ones. But I guess I'm thinking about how can you access those previous recordings now? Because they are all absolutely available. Um, so if you go if you go to the NSFT YouTube channel, um, and click on the children um, and young people part of that channel, you will find all of our team's workshops, including the one on um, building resilience and uncertainty, as well as a whole host of things. Um, so we do them on various mental health and wellbeing topics. Um, so I'd absolutely encourage you to, to, to watch the ones that feel relevant to you and your young people. Thanks, Kelsey. Well, thanks very much for your time um, this afternoon. And we wish you and parents and carers all the best for the next few weeks of the holidays. And we hope that these have just given you a few ideas of things that you can work um, on with your young person in an informal and really fun way to learn some, learn some really good skills that are going to help them to be more flexible and, and cope with, with change and therefore be more resilient young people. Thanks very much. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to make sure you don't miss a future episode. Let us know what you thought of this episode by reaching out on social media. If you haven't already, listen back to previous episodes to hear some of the best mental health advice for you.